fakes the handoff. He drives the lane. He takes it to the house. Bouncing off defenders. He just laid it in. He just put it up and in. 56 seconds to play. Oh, by the way. In the entertainment capital of the world. Game 7 is over. It's an instant classic. It's the T.C. Martin Show. A three for the game. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. You've got to pinch me. The doctor is now in. Glad to have you with us on this Monday. Oh, yeah. Magnificent Monday, isn't it? We got the brackets out. It's our favorite time of the year, as we know. The next three weeks, the greatest three weeks in all of sports. Period. The greatest three consecutive weeks of sports. No doubt about it. March Madness. We're smack dab in the middle of it. The NCAA tournament. 68 teams. Unveiled yesterday afternoon. The women's bracket got unveiled as well, too. That'll be exciting as uh, we approach the beginning of April. Yes, a lot to do, a lot to talk about today as we talk about March Madness, the NCAA tournament. Big seven footer is going to join us. He's dancing, he's happy. The Dodds are in the tournament. Number 10 seed at that. All right. We'll talk to him about that. Kevin Kruger will join us. We'll recap UNLV's basketball season. Unfortunately, their season came to a crashing halt with their loss to Wyoming at the end of uh, last week in the Mount West Conference Tournament. Uh, Too bad that uh, that happened. And uh, Matt Holt will join us a little bit later on from U.S. Integrity. We talk about the, the games, the point spreads, all of that kind of good stuff. Coming up here, Chuck Esposito will join us as well, too. And guess what? Baseball's back. That's right. It's back. It's official. Touched on that last week when the CBA and the uh, deal got done. The owners, the Players Association, finally agreed on that nonsense. Steve Sachs will join us today. So, jam-packed show once again, covering it all. And, oh, by the way, Tom Brady's back as well, too. (laughs) We'll dive more into that a little bit tomorrow as well, too. So... We've got it all. But this week, as you know, March Madness, uh, one of our busiest times, great times we look forward to each and every year. We'll be at the Cosmopolitan Las Vegas for Hoops and Hops, broadcasting live on Thursday and Friday, upstairs, Belmont Ballroom, and the fourth floor, the best March Madness party ever. And uh, it is it is fantastic. So we'll be up there with 4,000 of our closest friends uh, broadcasting live uh, great guests will be roaming through there as well, too, like we have each and every year. Last year, we were in the Chelsea, which is the concert venue, because it was a scaled-down version. That was fantastic. So we were only with about a 1,000 of our closest friends. But uh, we're back to normal, upstairs, Belmont Ballroom, uh, basically sold out. But uh, it'll be a fantastic uh, event. So uh, the betting stations are up there, the food, the beverage, uh, all of the big screens, the 22-foot screens, you will not hear an audio of any commercial being played during the three days of hoops and hops on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So we're looking forward to that. So yeah, busy week, uh, guest list galore all week long, uh, starting today, and of course, uh, great guests all uh, throughout the week as well, too. So tomorrow, uh, Pete Gillen will join us from CBS Sports, of course, 
uh, the former coach over at Xavier Providence. He's done a fantastic job uh, for the past uh, 20 years uh, over on CBS. He joins us. Um, Lindy LaRock will join us tomorrow as well, too. Uh, we had her at the Cosmopolitan on Friday. We're going to visit with her one more time before they hit the road. And congratulations again to the UNLV women for winning the Mountain West Conference Tournament. They garnished a 13 seed. We'll play the University of Arizona in Tucson. Pretty much what we talked about on Friday with her. Kind of expected that seed. But a great party, great event over um, at the at the Strip Landing there inside the Thomas and Mack Center uh, with all kinds of food, beverage, and uh, good turnout by everybody uh, yesterday afternoon for the unveiling for the watch party there. So uh, we'll talk to Lindy LaRock again tomorrow. T.J. Reeves will join us tomorrow as well, too, the Bucks sideline reporter, as we get uh, the thoughts from him as well as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers front office and their thoughts about Tom Brady coming back for another season. I think that's great myself. Love to see Tom Brady back. It's great for the game of football. It's great for the NFL, and it's really great for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Here is a team that thought, okay, they may be going backwards. They may be sliding backwards here again. Uh, what are they going to do for a quarterback? Uh, Brady takes 40 days to decide, eh, it's really not for me. You know what? I'm going to come back. How about that? Is that apropos that it took him 40 days to make up his mind, to actually change his mind, and say I'm coming back during the Lenten season? There you go. So... For my Catholic brothers out there, my religious folks, they know where I'm talking about. There you go. 40 days. I thought that was kind of ironic. All right. Uh, also, Marco D'Angelo, Scott Spritzer will be joining us, Jay Schrader, uh, Steve Berline. We incorporate some of our football guys who are also uh, so into basketball as well, too. They will join us. Uh, this week, Tracy Murray joins us. He's on the road getting ready for uh, – he's back home right now as UCLA – um, is in the NCAA tournament. So glad to see the Bruins uh, in the tournament, number five seed. Uh, they are back. Are they going to have that magical run? So, yes, all those guys will be joining us during the course of this week once again. All right, let's talk about the NCAA tournament and what we learned from the seedings, the selection show yesterday. We going dancing already? You know I love this song. Love going dancing. All right. Breaking it down for you by conference. The Big Ten had nine. Purdue, Wisconsin drew number three seeds. The Illini, a number four seed. Iowa, a very dangerous team. Number five seed, Iowa, takes care of business. They win the Big Ten Conference tournament yesterday. Michigan State and Ohio State not coming in with a whole lot of love or a whole lot of momentum. They're number seven. Michigan and Rutgers get in at number 11. And Indiana gets in in a play-in game at number 12. All right, so the Big Ten with nine teams. How many of those teams really deserving when we break that down? Purdue-Wisconsin could be dangerous, even though Wisconsin really laid an egg here in the final week and a half of the season. Iowa's the most dangerous right now. The Illini, kind of like Baylor over in the SEC, They go ahead, I'm sorry, Baylor in the Big 12, I should say, uh, get upset in the first round of their tournament. Ugly. And that's really not how you want to go in to the NCAA tournament. Do any of these teams in the Big 10 have a shot at winning it all? You know what's, what's interesting? For the conference that had the most teams in the tournament, they did not have one number one seed 
or one number two seed. The highest they got were number three seeds. Pretty interesting. Big 12 checks in with six. Kansas, Baylor, both number one seeds. Deservedly so. Texas Tech coming in at number three. Texas, they have a six seed. TCU, Iowa State, no shot whatsoever. They come into the nine seed, and Iowa State gets an 11 seed. Very curious why Iowa State got in this tournament. T.J. Alsaberger's team still playing with uh, not his players that he recruited. Comes in here, very uneven season for Iowa State. Uh, no really big victories for them whatsoever. They get in barely with an 11 seed. SEC gets six teams in. Auburn and Kentucky come in at number two. Auburn very easily could be number one. Probably should be a number one team. If we're talking about you know top four teams in the country, you could probably make that case that the Auburn Tigers are a number one team. But again, they folded big time in the first round of their conference tournament. So they dropped down to a two, dangerous two. Kentucky number two. Kentucky kind of sliding backwards a little bit too. Uh, Kentucky not that deep of a team. With Oshigwe getting into foul trouble like he normally does, Kentucky could have an early exit, but the path will be rather easy for him for the first couple rounds. Tennessee, that's the most dangerous team. Number three is I'm wearing my volunteer shirt today. I know you like that, Numchuck. Thank you very little for that. Yes, uh, volunteer is a very dangerous team. Arkansas at number four. Alabama and LSU come in at six seeds. How interesting is this? LSU gets a six seed. They get in the tournament, and Will Wade, their coach, gets fired. Again. Again. This guy got fired twice in two years. I'm sorry. He got fired twice in one year. Got fired before the season. Uh, you know what? You know, we're, we're going to hang with him. Yeah, we fired him, but we're going to let him come back because all these allegations, it'll just give us a year to find somebody else. So that's what they did. What happened? Day they get eliminated, boom, gone. Will Wade, gone. Should not have been able to come back to start this season. Big East gets six. Villanova, the Wildcats, number one seed. Providence checks in at number four. UConn, very dangerous at a number five seed. Seton Hall comes in at eight. Creighton, number nine. And Marquette gets a nine seed as well, too. There you go. ACC, Duke. They get five teams in. Duke leads the bunch, the number two seed. Carolina, an eight seed. Miami, a 10. Virginia Tech with an 11. Notre Dame with 11. Virginia Tech, we saw what they did to Duke. They ended the season on a very hot streak. Still got the Buzz Williams recruits over there. I'll get to Buzz Williams here in a minute. But uh, Virginia Tech, a dangerous team, 11 seed. Mount West got their four. Colorado State, the highest. That's kind of interesting. A six seed. Boise State and San Diego State, Eight seeds who met in the championship game of the Thomas and Mack on Saturday afternoon. Wyoming at number 12. None of these teams have a shot. I talked about it last week. Been talking about it for a long time. None of them got favorable seeds at all. And it's really strange that a conference like the Mountain West gets four teams in and you get four lower-seeded teams. That's a problem. And again, putting teams in that you know have no shot to advance makes no sense. Yeah, they could say we got four teams in, but you got four mediocre teams that all have pathetic seeds and no chance of winning. No chance of winning a single game. I mean, if anybody would have a chance, maybe San Diego State. I don't know, but they're so void of scoring. Helter Skelter. No. WCC gets three Gonzaga, St. Mary's, and USF. 
The Dons are dancing. Let's bring in the seven-footer who's been shaking it up for a whole better part of a week and a half here in Vegas with me. Dining, dancing, hooping. He flew back bright and early in the morning yesterday just so he could be on campus at USF at the War Memorial Gym. He got the dancing shoes on, and the Dons get the 10 seed. All right, my friend, you called it. Congratulations. Rise up, baby. The green and gold. They're going to Indy. Big Bill Cartwright joins us. It, it, it has been a long time, and it, it has been 24 years. <laughs> Your number. Your time. number. 24 years. My number. My number. 24 years since they were um, in the NCAA. So, you know, I mean, we were very proud. We're proud of our school, proud of our uh, great leader, Father Paul Fitzgerald. Uh, brought up our uh, coach, Tom uh, Golan, uh, and, 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 and brought up our players for staying healthy all year, being responsible. Uh, these guys uh, sacrificed much, worked really hard, worked together. Every time there was a game where we feel like uh, we should have won, like the Grand Canyon game, we ended up losing, came right back, beat Arizona. State. So these guys are gritty all year. Uh, I've got a lot of respect for them. We really earned our way, even though there were many, I won't say many, there were a few who doubted that we should be there. Um, but we're here, and uh, like I said, we're very, very happy. And uh, hopefully, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you because. The hardest game in an NCAA game, the hardest game of any playoff games, is the first game. Oh, no that's doubt. Where sure. That's where you're going to see all the upsets. Uh, people are going to uh, be out of whack. Uh, you're, you're not on your home court. You may, and it's interesting is that and you've seen it. Some some teams are going to bring everybody. You know, like when we saw Hawaii in the uh, Big West tournament, they, they, they brought everybody. And it's, and it's really fun when that happens. And some teams are really good. They're, they're going to have no fans. Now, so wait, that, hold on. What do you mean that you, you're disagreeing with me? What do you disagree? What, what did I say that you're disagreeing about? As well, I, We know there's going to be upsets uh, first round. I even put some up on, 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 the, on the website. Uh, we love March Madness. We love the upsets. Uh, the only thing that, that I said is that the Mountain West Conference, I don't see them no winning chance. the game. Yeah, no chance no because chance. because of their seeds and, well, and, and their matchup, and they're not very good teams. Well, well, that that to me, I disagree. Well, no yeah. chance. Why why are they even going? Yeah. Of course, they got a well, chance. Everybody's got a chance. Yeah, everybody's got a chance. But if, yeah, if we're betting yeah. on these teams, yeah, again. And as you know, you guys got a number 10 seed. You'd much rather have a 10 seed, even though it's – it's uh you know it's lower than an eight or a nine. The eight and nine are, are just death. Nobody comes out for the most part, you know, with, with eight or nine. It's very very rare. So you've got that flip of a coin type of game. That's a battle. It's not an upset at all. Eight nine because they're all evenly matched and the point for it, the point spreads reflect that. And then for your trouble, you get the number one seed. So with USF getting the seven seed in Murray State, that's an interesting matchup. And then, you know, once you get beyond that, then you're lined up, you know, with a, a, a two seed who you'd much rather face uh, than a one seed. But you, as we know, Bill, this is all about matchups. 
And, you know, you cannot pick a winner of the tournament until you get a bracket sheet in front of you and you start, you know, penciling out or penning the path of each team here. So, yeah, we're going to see upsets. We're going to have all kinds of buzzer beaters. We're going to have a a great uh, tournament. And in my opinion, we're going to have more parity in this tournament than we've ever seen. And it's for something that we have talked about. We spent a link talking about it on Friday's show. Is that transfer portal. With that transfer portal, the way that it is now, I mean, teams are older now. They're more experienced. And this is going to give us more upsets, I think, than ever because there's so much parity. There is not a clear-cut number one, hey, this team's going to cut down the nets, or maybe this team. I mean, you know, even with the four seeds, you can make an argument or even say the number two seeds that those top eight teams, there's not much difference between any of those number one and two seeds. Exactly. So, and like, and, and, and nobody really knows who's really healthy right now. Nobody really, and you talked about the matchups, which I totally agree with. Some teams just are not going to match up very well. And we're all going to be wondering what the heck happened and how they get beat. They, they just don't, just don't match up. Some teams are going to play bigger. Some teams are going to play smaller. I'm sure the coaching staff's looking at it right now to give their teams the best advantage. And it's, and it's a real chess game. The thing is about the NCAA games is that those guys really don't know each other. And that's what makes the matchups really tough. If they had an opportunity to play against them, uh, they would really have a good feel, good sense of, of what they run and, and, and the players, but you just don't. So it just makes it really, really hard. So, uh, and, and let's face it, some teams are just not going to play very well. doesn't matter what they did during the regular season. Right now, this is everybody's record. It's 0-0. It's 0-0 right now. So you have an opportunity to come out and, and play your best basketball. And this is going to sound weird to you. Doing less during the course of the game, doing less, the guys doing less, and cutting down on, on the mistakes and the, and the easy transition baskets, it's going to be better basketball than the, the guys who are going to try to do more. So I I, I really like this time of the year. Uh, guys are playing for you know for for everything. For most of these guys, the biggest game they've ever played in their life. Coaches do. So uh, it, it should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. All right. So you guys were there yesterday. Uh, at the War Memorial Gym, got some good TV coverage yesterday. Talk about the festivities there. You were un- unsure exactly how it was going to go down and everything. Uh, break it down for us. Uh, you know, I saw some pictures, saw some video. Uh, how was the time yesterday on campus? Like you said, first time in 24 years. It had to be a celebration on campus there. Yeah, you know, we, we didn't have that when I was here. So that, that's, that's the thing that happens now. So you were asking me about it, and we had it hasn't happened in 24 years. And I was like, how in the heck did I, should I know what's going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but, it was, but it was awesome. It was awesome. Uh, you know, a lot of our fans came. Uh, of course, we had our, our, our great president. Uh, we had our AD, uh, Joe McDermott there. All the coaches that were there. Both teams were there, guys and gals. Our, our gals team has um, been invited to go to the NIT, so we're very excited about that. Um, and what a great reaction. I don't know if you could see it. You probably couldn't see it, but 
uh, when they got selected, it was awesome for those guys. I was so happy. Those guys were jumping up and down. Fans were screaming. Um, you know, it was just it was just fun. It was just fun that you know you're really you're you're, you're rewarded for all your hard work, and you know you're doing something once again that hasn't been done in a long, long time. So. Very, very proud of the accomplishment. Yeah, and uh, there was some drama, too, because that went down to the final bracket that they unveiled on the television show yesterday, and we're getting down there. There was only, you know, uh, one other matchup after they announced. So they announced Murray State at number seven, and again, there's only that one more game after yours. Was it kind of nerve-wracking there saying, okay, are we going to get in here? Because again, they've announced all the other matchups, and then to the final two matchups, and then boom, here comes number ten, University of San Francisco, and then after that it was Kentucky and St. Pete. So I, I thought that was very, very uh, dramatic, so to speak. It, it was very dramatic, but you know those guys had obviously been been informed ahead of time that we're going to get in, and you couldn't see it, but you know they flashed. You know, with Jay Billis and those guys, uh, a picture of us, USF. And so, so they knew we were waiting. So I'm pretty positive they wouldn't do that unless we were already told that we were in. So uh, I wasn't worried. Uh, even when I was in Vegas with you, I was telling you, I'm not worried. I think we're in. We're already told that we're in. Yeah, yeah. So, um and like I said, I'm just really happy with those guys. There's a lot of doubt on this year. You know, this this COVID thing was still around, and I was worried about injury. And, um, you know, you're just worried about all the, the road games. And USF had something funky happen this year where uh, Gonzaga was probably deservedly. They, they played two less conference games, and St. Mary's, and Santa Clara played one less. So we felt like that wasn't really fair to us because we made the time to make up some of those games. So we played all of our games, and we ended up being a half a game actually behind Santa Clara. So we were very upset. Coaching staff, um, you know, AD and president, uh, so that was an issue. No, as you should. That wasn't right at all. I mean, if you're going to have a, a conference slate, everyone should play an equal number of games. And it's happening in a couple other conferences. Happened in the Big West, one of the conferences that we were broadcasting last week. It, it, it happens, you know, due to COVID. But you got to do your best to make up these games because, especially when you're talking about seeding these teams for the tournament. So you're right; that could have went backwards. But all in all, it worked out well. The top three teams in the West Coast Conference uh, got in. Gonzaga, St. Mary's, the Dons, uh, very happy. All right, let's talk real quick about the draw here. Uh, Murray State, you know, Bill, this is, this is a pretty hot team here. I think you guys actually match up pretty well, but Murray State's won 20 in a row, my friend. The second longest winning streak in the nation, 20 in a row for the Racers. So how much homework is uh, Todd and the guys uh, doing here in, in, in getting ready for this game? And you're going to Indianapolis, my friend. Yeah, you know, those guys have done a great job all year of, of knowing our opponent really well. I'm sure they were all over last night. Uh, Their uh, assistant coaches, and actually they, they've got some managers in there as well 
who, you know, are getting the stats together, they're getting game tapes together, they're getting the individual tapes together. So they'll have a great feel. And, and what's interesting is that if, if you're a coach at TCU, you know this, you always have somebody in that conference that that knows that team really, really well, that, uh, that knows the players really well. And it's amazing how that happens that – uh, you've got some friends that will give you a great scouting report. So I'm expecting we'll play them well. Uh, and like I said, DC, what's the record right now? This season's over. Yeah. It's 0-0 Z- zero, zero yeah, right Absolutely, now. right? It, yeah. does, it does not matter. And, you know, these guys have only lost two games. Uh, so what does that tell me? That tell me they can lose. <laughs> so, so it's just going to be a great game. I'm, I'm – I'm, I'm sure they're uh, they're they're thinking the same thing that they they've got to prepare for us. So um, we we've, we've got a pretty veteran team too. So uh, this is just gonna be fun. It's just gonna be pure fun. Yeah. Murray State only lost two games. They lost one earlier on in the season to East Tennessee State. That kind of plays that helter skelter type of game. But then they lost to Auburn uh, by thirteen, seventy one to fifty eight. After that. They didn't lose another game. They reeled off 20 in a row. So, like you guys, they played some tough non-conference, uh, a couple you know, tough non-conference opponents. But you, I think you guys are, are really pure images of each other. Now, the Dons shoot the ball much better than Murray State. Uh, you know, from, from, from the field, Murray State's pretty good. But from three, not that great. You guys are much better. So, if you guys are hitting your threes, you know, look out. Uh, both of you guys are, are pretty similar on the boards as well, too. And, uh, you know, hopefully this will be a good showcase for your guards in Bouye and, and Shabazz. Yeah, you know, it, like I said, we've been playing while Shabazz just shot the ball extraordinarily well. And, and you've seen him. Uh, I'm going to say he's six foot tall, but, but you know he's not. But uh, what he is is really tricky, extraordinarily quick. Um, he has he has really impressed me this year, probably more than anybody on this team. He is an elite comp- uh, competitor. This guy competes at a level throughout the entire forty minutes, um, better than I, I've seen in guys in years. I've, I've been really uh, loving him as 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 a player, uh, better than I even thought. So uh, when you have that competitive, you have that kind of competitive spirit, that ability to compete, get your hands, and just keep going and going and going, uh, you're going to win a lot of basketball games. So hopefully that kid will make some shots, and then we can really have some fun. Right. All right, my friend. Well, good luck. Uh, what's your itinerary? Uh, plan to go to Indianapolis? Uh, when you leaving? What's going on? You know, we're going to have to get some live reports there. Well, I think the team's leaving uh, tomorrow, but we're, we're not going to go until uh, probably, I don't know, probably Wednesday, maybe Thursday, Thursday morning. Probably Wednesday, get down there so we can settle in again. You know, that's the Midwest. So as you know, when you're in the Midwest, you you got to get yourself a good piece of meat down there. Oh, yeah. Well, if you need a couple spots in Indy, I, I can turn you on to a few a few nice uh, restaurants down there uh, in, in really walking distance uh, from the arena as well, too. So Yeah. As, no as you know, I, I, we used to go to Indy all the time. Yeah. So yeah. 
Uh, they are great steakhouses. There's some great restaurants, especially downtown. And, right. You know, you, uh, you know who you're going to have to hook up with? And I'll go ahead and make the phone call. You're going to have to hook up with our good friend, okay, the, the doctor of dunk himself, Darnell Hillman, our boy, Sacramento Sports Hall of Famer, the guy who won the very first slam dunk contest. Yeah, Darnell's there, you know, right there in, in Indianapolis. So uh, yeah. you got to hook it up with him. He is, he is, he is the man. Amazing, amazing athlete. He's a heck of a lot of better athlete than I was. I tell you that. <laughs> nobody, no, no, nobody uh, acknowledged me for for ducking the basketball. <laughs> <laughs> this is true, man. They just, uh, you know, they acknowledge you for just clearing out people with your elbows. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you you got to that up because I'm, you know it's going to be busy right now too. So maybe he can sneak me in. All right. Uh, You're going to have a good weather forecast, too. Uh, Like our our meteorologist at large here uh, comes out here, Numchuck, with uh, 71 degrees on Wednesday, 70 on Thursday. It's going to drop a little bit on Friday. Got a low pressure system there coming out of the northeast. Uh, It'll be down to 51 on Friday. So there you go. In a little rain. That's shocking. Yeah. That's that's shocking. That's. that's (laughs) That's incredible weather. So be happy with that. I got you. All right, and then uh, hopefully then you and I will reconvene again in San Francisco for the regionals. Uh, look forward to that. And how how great would that be? Um, you know, with the you know if, if the Dons could can end up that way too. So we'll see. And then we got Final Four coming in a couple weeks down in uh, New Orleans. So yeah, we're going to be doing some traveling and looking forward to all this, my friend. All right, congratulations yeah. again, man. Uh, glad, seriously, glad the Dons got in. And like I told you all week, I want you guys to get in. I hope you get in. It'd be a great story. And uh, and I think you know the number ten seed is uh is nice. It might be a little bit lower than what you guys wanted, but you know what? I, I think it's going to work out much better than having an eight or nine seed. So good luck, yeah, man. Well, and we'll talk well, more about it during the week. All right, and just remember the biggest thing about any by any tournament is just getting in. Once you get in, then there you go. It's like being in a championship series. Just get there. There it is, and my friend. You got that. All right, you were shaking your feet at the at the at the tournaments this week. You were dancing a little bit at Blue Ribbon of the Cosmopolitan. You were shaking it up uh, a little bit at Juan's Flaming Fajitas. Go ahead, Big Bill. We're taking you out with some Bee Gees, baby, because you should be dancing. You are dancing. Shake it up right now with all those dons. Yeah, there you go. I'm telling you, there's your little Studio 54 days back in New York City. You say you missed it. You were still there for this. I know you were. <laughs> All right, brother. Be good, man. We'll talk to you during the week and uh, safe travels. All right, guys. Adios. There it is. Big Bill Cartwright, who's been with us the past couple weeks here in Vegas. And, uh, yeah, flew back to San Francisco uh, early yesterday morning so he could be part of the festivities on campus. The Don's Dancing in the tournament, taking on Murray State. Looking forward to that coming up. All right, Kevin Kruger's going to join us when we come back. We'll talk about the synopsis and recap UNLV season. That and a whole lot more. A lot of March Madness all week long, as you know, right here. You're home for it. T.C. Martin Show. Back to more nonstop sports talk with the Dr. T.C. Martin. Come on out and join us Thursday and Friday at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas for the best March Madness event ever. 
each and every year. It's hoops and hops at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. Come on by. We'll be up at the Belmont Ballroom up on the fourth floor. What an atmosphere. Uh, come on by. Say hello. Be part of the festivities. You can still try to get your tickets at the CosmopolitanLasVegas.com. All right. Uh, like I said, action-packed guests all week long covering March Madness uh, from the TV side, the coaches' side, uh, the former players all join us this week. And right now let's uh, – Talk to a guy who knows something about March Madness, of course. Uh, the former UNLV runner-rebel and the current head coach of UNLV, our good friend Kevin Kruger. Unfortunately, the runner-rebel season uh, comes to a halt uh, towards the end of last week. And uh, Kevin, appreciate you taking the time to join us, my friend. How you feeling? Yeah, I'm feeling good. I appreciate you uh, having me on. Well, always, my friend. I mean, you know, it's it's always great having you on. Uh, you've you've been very gracious with your time. Uh, it doesn't matter, you know, smack dab in the middle of the season, the middle of a tournament, or whatever. You've always been there for us, and and even before the season, you know, got underway. Uh, always, always appreciate you, man. And I know that, uh, you know, the last few days probably have had to be tough for you uh, because of the way the Mountain West Conference uh, uh, tournament ended for you so I just kind of want to go back and let, let's talk about the game uh, we'll go back to that game against Wyoming uh, Thomas and Max Center was electric and it really had that feeling of okay this is a tournament game and we know Wyoming brought a lot of people like they normally do uh, the Rebel fans were, were in the house as well too but it was a game Kevin that really seemingly went back and forth for the final 5-6 minutes of, of this game and had all of us on the edge of our seat uh, let's just go back and, and, and talk about that game. I, I know that the start really wasn't um, what you anticipated, but kudos for you and the team to regrouping after halftime and, and outscoring Wyoming in the second half and uh, nearly pulling this thing off. Yeah, I thought the guys did a really good job. I thought, uh, as you said, I mean, that, that atmosphere was that was awesome. I mean, a 2.30 game in the afternoon in the middle of the week and Rebel fans were loud and, and into it and – we didn't have a lot of reason to to, to give them a, to cheer early, but like you said, I mean, the, the guys fought like they did all year. They they competed and, you know, gave ourselves a chance to beat a, a very good tournament Wyoming team. Mm-hmm. So talk about why do you think the, the, the start was so slow like that, and what do you say to the guys at halftime? Um, just, you know, we just – you got to give credit to Wyoming, of course. I mean, they, they had us doing things that – uh, we're a little more reminiscent of what we were kind of playing like at the beginning of the year, a little stagnant. Um, we were allowing them to kind of dictate what we were doing offensively. And I thought at halftime when we, we took a breath, because it, it's really hard as the game's going on and, and emotions are going to, to kind of take that deep breath. But I thought at halftime the guys did a really good job and and just kind of recognized the, the difference and the adjustments that needed to be made and and really just went out there and, and competed like crazy to, uh, like you know, put put ourselves in the position to to hopefully beat them. And uh, Wyoming, you know, hats off to them. They made big plays late. You know, both teams guarding each other really well, uh, score in the fifties. They just uh, just made a couple of shots late to to earn it. Mm-hmm. So eighteen and fourteen, you guys end up uh, recap this season in in your thoughts and your words here. You know, it, it, I just keep going back to I, just so proud of the guys uh, for everything they 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 did to to fight and compete. You know, we 
we knew from day one this was a group that you know wanted to come to Vegas and, and to UNLV with a, a with expectations and with a role and and uh, you know have a responsibility and a lot of guys didn't necessarily have it to the level they wanted at their previous school and to never splinter and to continue to get better throughout the year. I mean, there was a number of times that we could have gone our own directions and guys, you know, didn't have to stay together. They didn't have to, to kind of cheer for their teammate when, you know, maybe they weren't playing as much as they should, or a teammate was struggling and they felt they should, they could help more, but they continued to lift each other up. And uh, I, I just couldn't be more proud of, of those guys that are, especially the ones that are going to leave here saying that they played at UNLV and, of course, with the group coming back, they they know what it takes now. They know what we expect, and uh, so we're hoping for a, a great springboard into the spring and summer. What was the best part of the season for you, Kevin? I mean, heading into your first season as a head coach. Now that you look back, uh, what you know, what are you going to hang your hat on? Uh, I, I think looking back on it, just you know, the guys coming in here and having a good time, having a good experience having fun and just how much they worked at it. Uh, they put a lot of trust in us and, and me in my first year. And I thought, you know, that's something I'm going to remember forever, just how much they they were willing to, to be a part of the Rebel family and the team. Um, trust me, trust the staff, and, and continue working at it. Uh, no, you know, we wanted to go to the NCAA tournament, but, you know, like a lot of teams in the in the country, you know, they we dealt through with injuries. We dealt with the COVID pause. And there are, of course, some what ifs, but I think, you know, this group's going to be, they're going to be able to put their head down at night, go to sleep with uh, knowing that, that they gave what they could to UNLV. And, and, you know, I think the last six weeks, five weeks of the season, we really saw what this team could be capable of. Kevin Kruger joins us, the head coach at UNLV, and the Rebel season comes to an end with a loss in the Mountain West Conference Tournament last week to Wyoming. Wyoming is going to the tournament, and we'll talk about uh, Wyoming and the other teams from the Mountain West that uh, will be participating for Mountain West Conference teams. We'll be talking about that with Kevin here in a minute, but I want to go back to, to the Rebels, Kevin. And when you go back now and look at this season, are over the last couple of days, and of course, I know that you've been very open and honest about hey, you know, kind of really learning of being a head coach and, and on the fly and the job. Uh, do are you looking back at anything, saying, okay, let's see, well, maybe I wish I would have done something different? Is any element with that whatsoever? Well, of course. I mean, I think for 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 days after any loss, you know, you you kick yourself and you you wonder if you've done this differently, if you approach this differently or, or what adjustments would you make if you played them again? And I think those are, you know, when you, when you lose in that situation and I thought, you know, we had a chance to be in the NIT field. So we're kind of wondering if we're going to play again. And, uh, you know, I think that's what we do as coaches. We just kind of sit around and, and talk and, and discuss of, uh, you know, what we would do differently and how can we be better in this area or that area? And, uh, so yeah, there's a there's a lot of that, but it's not just the Wyoming game. It's you know pretty much all games. Mm-hmm. You know when you look back too, and go back to the beginning, and the thing that you said is like, hey, you needed these guys to buy into you, your system, and have that trust. How 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 nervous were you going back into the beginning of the season? You know, uh, with these guys for the first go around, because I mean, you had some. 
familiarity with Bryce Hamilton and a few of the other guys, but like we've talked about before, you really dipped deep into the transfer portal and, and did a fantastic job with that. But there are a lot of new guys that maybe you weren't very familiar with. And then now leading the team and going through all the other obligations that you that are put on your shoulders as being a head coach as well, too. Uh, talk, talk about how you felt in the beginning of the season and how you grew as a coach. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's it's funny you say that. Uh, when I was with John Sandler at the radio show uh, a couple weeks ago, you know, he kind of asked a similar question. And, yeah, I mean, you know, when, when the job opened and there was a possibility that, that we'd get it, you know, you're excited. You're, you you want to go get it, and then once we did get it, there was that first little kind of that that night after uh, talking to President Desiree of like, oh, like, all right, kid, I gotta go do it. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, and the, so the, you know, because you're excited, and then then all of a sudden it, it does hit there for a day or two where you're like, you like not you, that you doubt yourself, but you you want to make sure to do it right and do it well. And uh, but yeah, I mean, the guys bought in. They were excited to come here. We had. We had 10 new guys, and all 10 wanted to be Rebels. They wanted to be at UNLV, not just in Vegas. And I think as much as anything, that's why we saw their growth throughout the year individually, but also as a team. You know, most people will feel that this season was a success considering where the program was. Now, you were here for the past two years as an assistant under T.J. Altsaberger. Compare the feeling that you have right now to where you were and what the feeling was, say, last season or even the season before that. Yeah, I think uh, you know. I think it's a little it's a little different, of course, because I I don't think there were a lot of people that had great experience with the COVID year, mm-hmm. um, and you know, it's, everything was just so different and changed so much that uh, you know, last year there was just an element of a lot of it was just well, will we be back to normal or, or like life as we knew it before COVID? And I think there were just so many question marks in that regard that I think. You know, there was still a lot of excitement um, because we knew that, you know, a normal practice schedule, guys being able to get in the gym, um, even things as, as simple as getting treatment or team meals. So, uh, but uh, I think, uh, you know, with the group of guys that are returning, I think there, there, there should be a lot of excitement around the program because I think the, uh, we got a great group of guys returning. And, of course, we're, we're going to bring in guys that, that want to be Rebels. And hopefully that atmosphere that we saw the last game of, home game against Wyoming, and then in the tournament, we can carry over to the beginning of next year and keep going from there. You know, going back to what you were saying, you know, when you got the job and it's like, okay, now, wow, I, I got to go do it. So as you look ahead to next season, and now your off season is basically starting, anything different that you plan on doing this off season that maybe you didn't do, you know, um, when you first knew you got the job last year? Yeah, I mean, there'll probably be a bunch of things just because of um, having never experienced it, uh, you know, exactly. You know, of course, talking to a lot of people that have, have done it and gone through it, but until I think you go through it once, there's a lot of, of things you aren't sure about. So I think we can, you know, almost just be even not smarter because I don't think we wasted time, but I just think there's a lot of things that we can be more focused on now knowing, you know, the effects of what we do of in April, May, June, July, of course, uh, leading into the next season. So we can just really concentrate our efforts there. And, you know, last year we were still two weeks away from getting the job and then another few weeks away from getting every all the staff together. And then we had a bunch of guys going in the portal. So I think we're in a better spot or will be on April 1 of this year than we were last year. 
Kevin Kruger joins us, the head coach at UNLV. Kevin, what do you think the future of this team is? Uh, is it hard to say right now? I mean, how many how many players you think you're going to have coming back? Um, yeah, we haven't met with everybody yet, but um, I, I think the future of this team is going to it's going to be the same in terms of a, a foundation and a, and a structure uh, as it was this year. You know, we want to put a group out there that is that the city's proud of, uh, alums, the the former players, uh, the fan base, of course, the the community, uh, the athletic department, um, uh, just across the board. We just want to have a team out there that that people like rooting for and are proud to say that they root for. And I think the you know our, our number one concern from day one was always will will we have enough time together? And you know with, with all the things that happen in a basketball season, I think we would love to have another month and, and to continue to grow and develop and, and understand each other. And and I think that's probably the biggest difference from last year is now we've got a group coming back that knows the coaching staff they understand what we what we want it to be like they understand each other um the communication can be a lot more you know there's not a lot of feeling each other out uh, we're able to have official visits now as well so um i, I think we this group did a great job of, of of setting kind of the the bar where it needs to be and then next year we just got to raise it mm-hmm. You know, I remember earlier on in the season, you had said that you felt that you had some support here, but there was a fraction of people that wanted a bigger name to come in here and, and coach this team. And I, I don't know how that really resonated with you or not. And, and me, for one, I thought it was a great hire because this was the perfect time to bring a guy like yourself into this program and rebuild it. And, you know, I'm a big proponent of, Hey, you know, bringing one of, you know, one of your own back. And I still feel that, you know, Dave Rice, you know, should not have lost his job. And it's neither here nor there, but he was one of those guys like yourself that, you know, even though you were only here for a year as a player, but you were around it and your dad coaching here and the success that he had that, you know, there's just, there's just a different aura and sense there. And I felt that you got a lot of support from a lot of people in this community how do you feel now after season one? Where was your support level? Did you feel the love, and do you feel the support that you've got from boosters and fans? Oh, I, I, yeah, I felt uh, nothing but support, really. I mean, the people that uh, that were kind of in my quote-unquote circle, to, to call it, I thought were, were excited, but also I had a lot of people talking about, telling me, you know, it's not easy. You know, do you got to do this, you got to do that, and you know, there's going to be people that, that doubt you guys. and and But uh, I think, uh, you know, especially looking back on the year, you know, we, of course we had COVID restrictions, but it, as the, the year went on and the support just within the Thomas and Mac as it grew, I, I think uh, I couldn't be happier with, with how the city came out and supported the guys and, and let them know they were behind them. And, and kind of like, like we said a minute ago, uh, you know, hopefully that's the starting point for next year. Mm-hmm. And because uh, – we told everybody coming here that that this city they love UNLV and they'll come they'll come support you and you just got to go out and, and and play really hard and show everyone that, that that you're willing to you know do whatever you can to help UNLV win and so I thought uh, I couldn't be happier with the support and with the with the fans how they came out and and we just got to do what we need to do to to get it kind of 
you know, start next year where we finish. You know, we had Lindy on the show, uh, you know, Friday, and congratulations to her and, and the women's team. And we were talking about the transfer portal, and I brought up, you know, the way you work the transfer portal, and and I thought it was just a, amazing of the type of players that you could get through that. And so we were talking about now, like on the women's side, on how so many people. Or players, future players are are contacting her and her staff now, and you know everybody wants to come to UNLV, especially you know when the programs are winning. Doesn't matter if it's men's or women's or whatever. Are are you starting to 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 see that yourself here, or maybe increasing in in players or you know getting phone calls from whether it's players or parents or, you know, people that are, are, are representing these players because uh, it just, you know, it's so so much freedom now with the transfer portal where players don't have to sit out anymore that, you know, you know players can go anywhere at any time right now. I think so. I think, uh, but all because of the job the guys did this year. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, we, we've obviously, as I've said, you know, all the time, Vegas, it's the best city in the world. And, you know, the, the, yeah, there are people that are interested, I think, in Vegas uh, in large part just because of, of the way the guys played this year. They they, uh, they had a great kind of, uh, you know, you're showing of, of they look like they're having fun competing and, you know, and what better place to do it than Vegas. But, yeah, I mean, it, with, with what Lindy did this year, I, I can't imagine that there would be a lot of better destinations than to come to Vegas and play play for Lindy. I mean, she – those girls are having fun. They compete like crazy. Um, they're winning. And, uh, you know, Thomas had an unbelievable showing at the conference championship game in the tournament. So I think the portal, uh, it's going to, we're going to have a lot of people interested, you know, as teams start to lose and guys start to look for uh, greener pastures. Right. And it just seems like now is a great time to be a rebel or a rebel fan because you can see the upswing in your program on the men's side. And what Lindy's doing now with the women as well, too. It's great to, to see a bracket. And I wish it was you guys, but it's great to pick up a women's bracket and you see UNLV on there. You know, I mean, that is really cool. And you look at how the baseball team is playing and the softball team is playing right now. I mean, there's four teams like right there that play in the winter months and transferring over the spring that UNLV is becoming reveling again in multiple sports. And that's going to even give you a sense of pride. Uh, and I would think in, in helping the recruiting as well, too. Well, without a doubt. I think, you know, anytime you can have a, a whole bunch of teams winning, it just brings a good attention to your school, to the athletic department. And, you know, with the job, even with that Ricky and Maddie do on social media, of, of you know, kind of showing the lighter side a little bit of the right. guys. That right. It's not just all the time in the practice gym, but, you know, the guys get to show their personality a little bit and, and have fun with each other and, you know, it's a it, that that's kind of what we're trying to, you know, let people know is that it, it's a great experience. It can be a great time. It should still be fun. And uh, you know, if you're looking for a place to to go and play free and have fun and uh, compete like crazy, that you know, hopefully we're on the their short list of places to go. There it is. All right, Kevin Kruger, the head coach of UNLV men's basketball program. Kevin, now you get to turn prognosticator before we let you go. So you got four teams in the Mountain West Conference. Uh, let's look at the matchups real quick here, and I want your take. Boise State's take it on Memphis. Wyoming's playing Indiana. Colorado State gets a six seed 
the highest of, of any team in the Mountain West Conference. They're going to face off against Michigan. And then you got San Diego State and Creighton, the 8-9 game. Which one of these teams do you think has a shot to advance the furthest? Well, I think uh, they, they all guard. So it would be kind of hard to pick one. But You don't have to. You can I pick mean, them all if you want. Well, yeah. I mean, I, well, I thought you were going to ask for a second about advancing yeah. just in general. Yeah. And, and yeah. that's kind of, I think they all have a great shot to advance. I think, you know, the way Wyoming can defend, but also they're a little unique in their offensive approach with multiple guys that can play out of the post. And then, you know, Boise, as big as they are across the board, and then you got a guy like Shaver who scores the way he does. And then, of course, San Diego State, you know, they're going to guard you like crazy. And then Colorado State with a guy like David Roddy and Isaiah Stevens, uh, you know, it, at this time in the tournament, you know, going into the tournament, a lot of it has to do with matchups and where you can exploit a matchup. And I think uh, maybe as much as ever, the Mountain West is it, it has a great opportunity to to win some games in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Interesting matchups and all these. I mean, you got Boise State and Memphis in, a, in an eight nine matchup, and we know how physical you know Memphis uh, can be. And uh, you know, Boise State's got a, a pretty veteran laden team as well too. You, you you think that's a good matchup for for Boise? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I do. I think, uh, you know, Memphis is, of course, incredibly talented, physical. Uh, you know, they've got some good size and talent. And uh, But I think, uh, you know, Boise is, is one of those teams that they're so balanced. You know, they got a lot of guys that can do different things and score it and share it. And uh, so I, I really think Boise is, is as complete of a team just across the board as a, as a lot of teams in the tournament. So, you know, a lot of those guys can go get big-time buckets, and, you know, they showed that throughout the year. They had a number of different guys make big shots. Shaver, of course, yeah. makes some game winners. Dagenhart hit some big threes and some clutch games, and then Keyjab and Acott are a little unique with their size and, and their ability. And then, you know, again, you go down to Colorado State with Roddy and, and the way they play and share it. And I mean, you can really go down the list, I think. Right. Uh, it, but all four of those teams, I think it's going to come down to – to making some big plays late, but they all have that capability of doing it. So I think, uh, you know, it's one of those things, but they all guard. So uh, I think they all got a really good chance. All right, my friend. I appreciate the time again uh, today, Kevin, as always, and uh, we'll continue uh, talking with you. Uh, love to get to your take through the tournament. I don't know what your immediate plans are here. You're going to take some time off. You're going to be watching a lot of these games, going to be traveling at all. What, what's going on with you? Oh, we're going to be uh, we're in the office right now. We're uh, kind of keeping our ear to the ground and and staying after it. But yeah, we'll be, we'll be watching the games and enjoying the tournament. Uh, there's really not a better better stretch of weeks here than uh, tournament time. You got it, brother. Okay, congratulations again on on your first season, my friend. Proud of you and uh, Rebel Nation is as well too. Good luck going forward, and we'll talk to you real real soon. All right, thank you. You got it, buddy. There he is, Kevin Kruger. Always gracious enough to to talk with us here. And uh, his dad, Lon, is going to be joining us here in a couple days as well, too, as we get his take. Remember, Lon, just one year removed from the tournament in Oklahoma as well, too. So, all right, coming back next hour, we talk baseball. Steve Sachs will join us. We talk Major League Baseball because we are back with that. Maddie Holt and Chuck Esposito as we talk about the betting side of the NCAA tournament here on this magnificent Monday. The sun is shining in Las Vegas, Nevada. Hello again, everybody. This is Harry Carey. That's the most asinine marketing I've ever heard of. Live. 
sends one to deep left way back. It is gone. A three-run homer. In the entertainment capital of the world. Didn't matter what the count was. It's the T.C. Martin Show. to get your daily prescription from the doctor. Oh, my goodness. That's the longest home run to center field we have seen in this ballpark. T.C. Martin. Way back in my feet, it could be. Cobweb, cobweb, cobweb. Oh, the cobweb of a left fielder. He has the ball yet. He has that one. And he has the cobweb out on the field. is now in. Hour number two. Glad to have you with us here. Talking a lot of March Madness. The brackets are alive. And we have got some bracket opportunities for you with our great friends at Opportunity Village like we do each and every year. And you want to qualify for that? Hang tight. We've got brackets giving away free entries today, tomorrow, and Wednesday. So hang tight for that. Your chance to call in and uh, win with that. Your chance to... Support Opportunity Village, a great our, our great charity that supports disadvantaged adults with disabilities, and you can win some great prizes by testing your March Madness skills. All right, uh, appreciate Kevin Kruger joining us last hour. The big seven footer, Big Bill Cartwright, he's dancing with the USF Dons. They are happy. Uh, this hour, we'll talk some more basketball. Matt Holt will join us. Chuck Esposito over at Red Rock. Talking about the numbers and the lines, the futures, all that stuff as the madness is definitely upon us. And, of course, don't forget we'll be at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas for our Hoops and Hop shows. That extravaganza, the best March Madness party coming up on Thursday and Friday. But right now, we kick off the hour talking Major League Baseball. So much happening. So much happening. And baseball is back. So you would think that would bring a joy to our faces, right? especially to our good friend, the old second baseman, the two-time World Series champ, the five-time All-Star, the media mogul himself, the author of Sacks in the Morning, the one and only Steve Sacks. What is up, brother? What's up, TC? Now, have you downloaded the podcast? I have not downloaded uh, the latest version of the podcast. Do tell me and everyone else what we need to be in tune for. Well, if you go to Sacks in the Morning, that's wherever you get your podcast downloaded it, Spotify or Apple, wherever it may be, and just you know, type in Sacks in the Morning, you're in. Hit subscribe, it's free, and you're going to get yourself a shot of emotional and uh, motivational nutrition in the morning for three to five minutes before you head to work or while you're going to work. And, uh, and then every other Thursday, we have a long-form guest, such as our good friend Dusty Baker is coming on the podcast. Um, we got Ted Nugent coming on the podcast, but we have lots of great people coming on throughout the course of the next several months to end off this year. So it's going to be really, really good. And today's podcast, actually today I talked about, since it's Women's uh, History Month, I talked a lot about my mother today, who's oh. the greatest woman ever. So, And I know a lot of guys think the same way I do about their moms, and so I put it out there today. Yeah. So that's what today's was. I like that. That's great. And, uh, of course, mm-hmm. you know, Mama Sachs not only had one major leaguer in the family, she had two with Steve's brother mm-hmm. Dave. 
so out- outstanding and-, and two great guys. Yeah. And I, and I know Ma- uh, Ma- Mama Sack's very proud. So there you go, my friend. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. Yeah. TC, yeah. uh, you know, glad we're back in the baseball world now, and we've got everybody back in spring training. I want to ask you a question, though. I'm, I'm going to ask you a question instead of you asking me. So okay. get off the get off the gun here. Who? What? What genius over with the Atlanta Braves decided uh, not to sign? Fred, hey, look, I, I love Matt Olson, but what genius decided <laughs> not to sign Freddie Freeman? Uh, please tell me. I am speechless, my friend. I have no answer. I, I just, I just don't get it. You can take every number you want and all your analytics, and you can shove them because I don't need to be. Uh, I don't need a, to have a doctor tell me uh, the reasons why I'm not signing Freddie Freeman. I, I would have said, "How many years you want? How much? Okay, just write him a check." That's what I would have said. And the other genius question I have today is: Did you hear Joe Madden wants to play Mike Trout? At a corner position. <laughs> what? How did he come up with this genius idea? I mean, and Mike Trout came on the uh, came in the on the airwaves today, and he said, "I'll be playing center field for the Angels this year." I think yeah. uh, whoever decided to do that, whether it's Joe Madden or somebody else, need to go have a glass of wine, kind of rethink that 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 quote that you made about Mike Trout playing a corner position, and go to Mike Trout and say, "Hey, Mikey, my bad. I rethought the thing. You're right. You would be in center field." All right, let me address both of those things first and foremost, Steve. Let's first start. I'm sure we, you were going to ask me anyway. Yeah, yeah exactly. But let, let's I'll, I'll fire back and forth, and then we and, and I want to hear your take uh, with that as well. Too. So with Freddie Freeman, especially mm-hmm. coming off a World Series championship, you're at your height, you're at your zenith. Uh, you got money. We know the, the, the team has got money. It makes no sense. It could only be from a financial standpoint because I don't want to hear that Freddie Freeman is old because that's nonsense. He's one of the best hitters. He's one of the best fielders. He's one of the best clubhouse guys that you have as well, too. It makes no sense whatsoever. And I don't see Freddie Freeman being a guy that's going to hold you, your franchise, uh, over a barrel for ransom. I don't see that. You may know that better better than me, but it makes zero sense. Matt Olson, nice player, okay, yep. cheaper than Freddie Freeman. I get that, but really, are they on the same plane? Are they on the same level? Absolutely uh-huh. not. But again, Freddie Freeman, when we think of the Atlanta Braves, we don't think of Acuna. We don't think of, you know, I mean, most people still think of the four great pitchers with the Braves. That's what they think of in recent times. They don't, mm-hmm. they, Freddie Freeman is your guy. He should have a right. he should have a trophy, or rather a statue, outside yeah. of whatever the hell they're calling it now, Sun Trust Park mm-hmm. or whatever the heck they change the name yeah. every three years. I don't know, but you're right. It yeah. makes zero sense. Freddie Freeman's got to be a brave for life, for life, right? You got to well, agree with take that. The, take take the trust part out of that last statement. First of all, yeah, right. if uh, if you're not signing Freddie Freeman, I don't care what numbers you want to put up there. Look, Matt Olson. Did he hit more home runs than Freddie Freeman last year? Yes. Did he drive in more runs? Yep, he did. Is, is Matt Olson a good uh, fielder? He's a gold glover at first base. So he can check boxes for you. Yeah. He can check boxes. There's no question about it. But he's not Freddie Freeman, and Freddie Freeman means a lot more than, than just checking boxes. We all know Freddie Freeman checks every box there is. He's one of the best first basemen in the game. But it's way more than that. He is a staple in the community. He is a best friend in the clubhouse. He is a connection from manager to player. He, he does way more than checks the box. Okay. And he's just an unbelievable guy. His teammates love him. 
I'm just not getting this deal right here of letting that guy. That guy should have been signed last year, okay? And the fact that he's he being 32 years old, that means nothing. He plays first base, okay? Now, when I was coaching with the D-backs, I had, I had lots of time to, to talk with him. And, you know, he used to do this game in between, in between innings with Andrews and Simmons when Simmons was a shortstop. And Simmons would be in short left field making throws to first base, right on the button, nice strong arm. Freddie Freeman would in turn hum the ball right back to Anderson Simmons because they would, they would like have a contest. And Freddie Freeman's arm was as, at least as good as Anderson Simmons. That's how good his arm is. Okay. So doesn't get talked about because he plays first base. I get it. But the guy is a gold glove caliber at first base and he can hit like nobody. And so when you're talking about not finding this guy, who was smoking hashish when they made this decision? That's what I want to know. The Quake might have been in charge of that, that uh, transition there, Saxy. I don't know. Yes. Well, they might have been smoking crack, too. But when you talk about that with the Quake, there's more crack in, the, in there than there is at a drug bust in Harlem. Believe me. <laughs> The Atlanta Braves and the Oakland A's in agreement on a trade that will send Matt Olson to the Braves. And Oakland will receive about five other players, uh, really a bunch of low-level guys in exchange. So that doesn't mean Freddie Freeman is going to the athletics. What is going to happen with Freddie Freeman? Where is he going, my friend? Well, look, uh, is there a chance he could still sign with the Braves? Remember, we have a DH mm, in, in the National League. So, really? But, but why are you going to have two gold gloves? first baseman on the same team. You don't want to DH one of those guys. You want to DH a guy that can't play defense, and that's not either one of these guys. So I don't see that happening. It's possible. I don't see it. Um, I think he's going to go. I think his chances are going to be right there with the Dodgers. The Blue Jays are interested, too. There's teams that are interested besides them. You imagine there's a lot of them that are the ones that can afford them anyway. And I think the Dodgers are at the top of the list. All right, we're going to talk more free agency here in a minute with you, but let's let's go back to last week when both sides came to this agreement. Finally, cooler heads uh, prevailed here. Give me your give me your take on on why this thing got done. Uh, because they finally did come to their senses. Uh, the, the owners made a tremendous push at the end. I mean, look, they put a fifty million dollar pool of money in there that wasn't there last year. They raised the minimum salary tremendously. They upped the, that CBT tax threshold. Uh, what else do you want? The, the players slaughtered the owners on this CBT, uh, you know, negotiation. If you're keeping score, you know, the players lost the last two, but they win this one. So, I mean, I think that's a bunch of BS. The fact is these fellows are going to get paid a whole lot of money, and it's just an indication of how much the owners are making because they're making a lot more. So – the we heard the and we talked about this before that the attorney for the players union was saying, "Hey, if you want to shorten the schedule, we're going to go ahead and say, you know, you're still going to pay us 162 games." And the owner said, "Well, no, you're not." And now we're going to start the season on April the seventh instead of March 31st, right. and mm-hmm. they are going to play 162 games. Now, does right. this mean? I guess this means less off days. We're going to bring back. Double headers. Oh, and by the way, we're bringing back nine inning double headers here. I got to believe that this went down like this, Steve, that the owner said, well, no, we're not paying you for 162 unless, you know, we're having 162. 
And right. if we're going to have 162, that means you guys are going to have to get off of this, you know, these extra days off and all this other nonsense, and, and, and you're going to have to play here. How do you think this all came about? Because that seemed like a big stickling point that we're not mm-hmm. having a 162-game schedule. It's going to be either 154 or maybe 144. But now we've got yeah. 162, and the season starting a week and a half later. Well, they can still – well – Seven, eight days later, they, they can yeah. still do it because, you know, you, uh, you extend the season a few days, you know, maybe three days. Uh, that's three days that's going to help right there. And then you have a few other days where you have double header, uh, maybe two other two or three days where you have double headers. And then maybe you take away two, two uh, off days. It can be done. Not, not that drastically hard. If they waited another week, you couldn't have done it. Uh, but this way, they can barely do it. They can't do it. You know, they stretch it out three days. They uh, they take away two of the off days, and then they play a couple of doubleheaders. They can do that. All right. So we got baseball and uh, spring training. I mean, obviously, this is going to be a very short spring training. Not like it doesn't look like they're getting the four weeks that Rob Manfred, uh, you know, wanted before. How much spring training do players and teams really need? Uh, I needed the whole thing because spring training was a season in and of itself. And you have to go through, you know, the, uh, the soreness at the beginning, you got to go through the blisters on the hands, uh, you know, at the beginning to get all that stuff done. You got to go through a time where you're ramping it up and then, uh, you got to go through a couple of little slumps and then all of a sudden you find it back. And then towards the end of spring training, you're hoping to be ramping it up and really barreling up the baseball. That's on the mortal guys. The guys are immortal. Can, can walk on the field uh, in the first day of spring training and hit six line drives in his first six at-bats. Guys like uh, Matty Lee, I saw Al Oliver do that. Remember, uh, Al Oliver was a Pittsburgh Pirate yeah. when he was a Dodger. I saw him do that. Kirby Puckett can do that. There were some guys that, that just could just walk out there and get out of bed and hit your four-line drives. So, but, but, but for the rest of us, we had to work at it. There it is. Uh, and going yeah. back to what you were talking about with uh, with Trout and Joe Madden, this is just the nonsense that you get with Joe Madden. I mean, this guy has always been a guy that wants to kind of you know push the envelope. He wants to do, call well, over coaching. Uh, thank you. There it making is. Making themselves more relevant than they really need to be, or try they try to make themselves more relevant. Because let me tell you something. Uh, this this may seem weird to you, but to me, managers aren't that important. And everybody goes, whoa, what are you talking about? Well, listen, in, in basketball, are they? Yeah. In the NBA, are they? Yeah. In baseball, you know, they're worth about five games a year, and that could be the difference in the championship. I get that. But you're talking about 162, okay? <laughs> Never one time in my career did I say, oh, man, if it wasn't for that coach or that manager, I would have had a completely different year. Oh, my God. I wouldn't have got – if I wouldn't have – I would have struck out that time if it wouldn't have been for Lasorda. I, I mean, I, I've never said it. I mean, so in baseball, it's a bit different. What I want them to do, throw me batting practice, you know, hit me some ground balls, you know, put in their two cents about what I'm doing, you know, my help or whatever, and then get the hell out of the way. Yeah. Uh, just move. Move out of the way. I know what I'm doing here. But, you know, it's not that way in the NBA or, or, or in the NFL. It's different. But baseball, is, man, it's a long haul. Just throw me some BP, hit me some grounders, and just move. And hence the term manager. That's why we don't have uh, that term in any other sport. We have coaches because a lot more coaching going on 
manager right. is the guy that manages the innings, manages the right. lineup, pencils in the lineup, that sort of thing. So there might be something to that uh, where, where that terminology comes from. But I, yeah. I understand exactly what you're saying. But, yeah, back to Joe Mann. It's just, again, he's always wanted to be avant-garde. He wanted to, again, I'm yeah. going to go ahead and, and uh, you know, bat the pitcher, you know, eighth instead of ninth. Oh, yeah. I think that's a cool oh, idea. You must be yeah. deep, and, and you must be a lot deeper than oh, us. Boy, we sure didn't think of that. Yeah. God, come on. Always, it's just, it's always just, made me sick. Almost, yeah. Yeah. So. I almost, I almost, I almost threw up in my compliance issued mask that I wear now. Uh, <laughs> I almost threw up in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? When I heard that. Yeah. yeah. Masks are, you still, you still have to wear, wear the mask now? Is that still an issue for you? I, I don't wear them. I, I don't ever wear them because, yeah. because number one, they don't work. <laughs> and, and, number, and, 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 and number two, um, for the most part, thank God, I mean, this is nothing to, to take for granted, but uh, it, I, I don't hear anything about COVID anymore. And, Thank God this horrible thing is, is on the way, way, way downside now because, you know, it was a horrible thing for this country and for the world. But that thing, I think we beat the hell out of it. I think it's pretty much gone. Yeah. Oh, COVID's in halftime right now or maybe in a labor yes, dispute. There, there you go. That's right. All right. And, uh, <laughs> That's right. And, and, and Steve Sachs, did you realize that the Major League Baseball lockout was longer than Tom Brady's retirement? Oh. <laughs> That's right. How about that? That's a good one. Hey, listen, TC, I don't know if you knew this. I don't know if your listeners know this, but – you know, I'm, I'm uh, partnered up with the uh, Saks Underwear Company. And in case you don't know about Saks Underwear Company, you just go look it up. It's my name plus one X, S-A-X-X. All right? A fantastic company. And uh, we're partnering up with my podcast and doing the All-Star Game Party at, at uh, in Los Angeles this year after the All-Star Game at the JW Marriott. It's going to be a massive party. Uh, and uh, Chris Daughtry is going to be the musical entertainment at the, at the party. So... This is going to be big time. Look at you. I mean, you you dove into the underwear. I mean, I just yeah. it, that does not surprise me that you dove yeah. into the underwear. Very nice and well, Saks XX. Well, listen, the thing about them, thing about them is they have what's called ballpark technology. <laughs> it, it keeps the boys in place. Yeah, that's right. That's part of their underwear uh, schism, if you will. It keeps <laughs> the boys in place, and it's it's legit. You go into Nordstrom. They're in Nordstrom. They're everywhere. They're a big, big, beautiful company. So when you were telling me you're gonna, earlier today that you're going to send me some swag, is that what you were yeah. planning on sending me? I, you're going uh, to send gonna me some send underwear? You, I'm going to send you some stacks in the morning swag and, you know, a couple hats, you know, some, some mugs and stuff. Uh, and I'm going to throw in some stacks in the morning underwear with their ballpark technology and so you can uh, tell me what you think about that i love that so uh just so we're, we're clear here so for the quake do we is that spelled oh, s-a-x-x-x-x-x-x-x-x-x-x-x-x-x-x-x-x-x-x-x-x-x-x-x-x-x-x-x-x-x-x-x-x-x-x-x-x-x-x-x-x-x-x-x-x-x-x-x-x-
Sacks underwear. Yes. Outstanding. They're the best. Yeah. <laughs> and their and their ballpark technology, is, I swear, it's, it's what they talk about. And it works. I, I'm wearing them right now. Keeps the boys in place. I, seriously, I want to know how you got into this. Whose ingenious idea was this? It is ingenious. Listen, let me tell you what. Uh, the name Saks and the underwear company named Saks, it's not just happenstance that something like this could come together. Why shouldn't it happen? They're, they're talking about sports that I played in ballpark technology. <laughs> it's a perfect fit. No pun intended. <laughs> I, I believe this is the first time that we had multiple use of ballpark technology regarding yeah. underwear, and I, and we had schism in, in in the in this interview as well too. Yeah, that's right. I'm trying to expand the the, the vocabulary, the vernacular. Uh, yes, and it's great. And they're going to be in tech. I think they're going to be in spring training with us too. So we're going to spring training to uh, Florida and, and probably to Arizona this year to cap it off. So we're going to be giving out the underwear to. All of the players, and they're going to be able to experience the ballpark technology. Numchuk already has his credit card out. He says I, he can get a Vibe three pack for a mere sixty five yeah. ninety five. Exactly. Is that what it is? Yeah. 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 See, if you go through me, oh eighty five. I'm sorry, eighty five ninety five. Man, my eyes are. I bad might though. be able to get you the company discount, but but look, <laughs> the thing about it is, people pay eighty five bucks because it's worth it. Really. I mean, uh, absolutely. Okay. When you put on these underwear and they start to caress your, you know, it's it's unreal. You, that's that's it, right. You, you, you got to protect the sacks. That's what you got to do. <laughs> that's right. That's a good one. That's what we do here, my friend. You know, uh, we we just it's, just, it's yeah. like we're turning two. You and I are just turning two here. TC, it's not only underwear, but they have outdoor wear too, activewear, loungewear. Yeah, they have all kinds of stuff. Like it's not just underwear. I love it. All right. There he is. Sacks in the morning, wherever you download your podcast, get them. It's a great nutrient to start your morning. And there it is. And I know emotional nutrition. And and I love this because you do like what I do. You incorporate the music into the sports. You're, you know, you've got the business finance, you've got all aspects, my friend. It's beautiful. But when you're dialing in my man, Dusty Baker, and then Ted Nugent, I mean, yeah, right like that. On. And you got to tell Dusty that. Because you know what a big music guy Dusty is, just like us. Yeah, I mean, he's he a Ted Nugent it. fan as well, too. There you go. Well, listen, Ted Nugent, Ted Nugent's coming on in late April. So, uh, you know, we got, we got like about a month, a little bit over a month for him. We should be getting Dusty uh, any day. I may, I may be, uh, be doing him when I go down to Florida or maybe through Zoom. But he's coming on the podcast. Uh, yep. Let's see, who else? I'll tell you who else we have on the, on the, on the radar besides those two. Uh, Michael Jordan. Shaq, Rob Lowe, Andy Cohen, Snoop Dogg. Uh, yeah, those are just a few that we have uh, on the on the uh, radar right now for the sacks in the morning. There it is. He's he's bust he's busting out the big ones, busting out yep. the big ones, perfectly fit inside the sacks underwear. You got a lot. That's of right. Remember ballpark technology. That's where it's at. Ballpark technology for the seventh time. There it is. Oh, and, and you got to be happy. Steve Sachs, we have no more softball. No more girls softball yeah. in, in in extra innings anymore. It's gone. Oh, the seven inning doubleheaders are gone. They finally got it right. It took them 90-plus days and a bunch of haggling over nonsense and yeah. lose part of spring training. And a lot of people yeah. lost money with those jobs in Arizona mm-hmm. and Florida. But the morons yeah. got it together. 
I think Rob Manford uh, was fearing that people were going to hunt him down and you know pop his tires in his cars or in his car or something. But hey, look, we're back to uh, original baseball. There's no more softballs and rules, and I think people are ecstatic about that. Watch him go out and buy some underwear. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Protect the sacks, ladies and gentlemen. There. Pro- Protect the ball park technology. You gotta love it. That's it. I love That's it, man. It. I love it. All right. All right. Enjoy yourself, man. We're gonna go have a little Ted Nugent as we go out here today. So uh, some party words. Send us out, Steve Sachs, with some party words yep. as you have a little cat scratch fever going in the background. Oh. Send us out, my man. Go ahead. Cat scratch fever. <laughs> That's on your 70s on 7 uh, channel as you're kicking back by the pool. And it is pool weather now in Sacktown, right? That's right. Out by the pool, listening to Cat Scratch Fever on your serious dial. That's the way you go. When are you coming to Vegas? All right, let me reciprocate with some great food for you, my friend. Come on. I I would love to. Hey, listen, I got my buddy Sal down in Vegas, my my friend uh, JC down there. I got to come down to... uh, I gotta come down to Vegas and see you guys. Hey, listen, if I come down, can I come into the studio and do the interview? One hundred percent. We're gonna have you at the Cosmopolitan in the sports book. Where are you come on a oh. Friday? We'll do that. Hey. Well, that sounds good. I'll stay the weekend. Yeah, there you go, brother. Just let me know. ASAP. Get it together here. Let's go. I, I love it. Okay, let's rock. All okay, right. guys. Thanks for having me. There you go. Underwear for everybody. There it is. Yeah. Hey Sex, real yeah. quick. Yo. If you come Yo. in studio, I'll let you sit where Quake's at. That's true. Oh, good. Now, when you got the when you got the seat for him, was that like one of those John Deere tractor seats, or or was it just a what was it? Oh, it's a, it's definitely a bigger seat than normal. Yeah. <laughs> I will. Okay, I'll okay, do that. Make sure I'll you sit. Quake that. Okay, here's what you got to do though, Steve. Okay, if I got to pay for it, it's all, it's fine. Or we'll let Numchuck pay for it. Make sure that we send Saxy Quake's address, and you have to send him some Sax X X X X X X L underwear. I'll see. I'll see what the biggest size they have. I'll ask him. Or maybe you could get two to tape them together or something like that. I'll find out. I'll find out. There you go, brother. All right, man. Much love. We'll talk to you soon. Get here. All right. There he is, Steve Sachs. Two-time World Series champ, five-time All-Star. You never know what's going to transpire with our All-Star guest crew. we got to send Sachs a bracket, too, as well, too. I didn't even know this today. I had no idea that I was going to get underwear in the drawers today. I had no idea that was coming. But it's out. It's there. We'll get some normal guests when we come back. Matt Holt, Chuck Esposito next. All right, let me put some water on your ball. More from the master debater. The doctor, T.C. Martin. You never know what comes out of this guy's mouth. All right, you want to join our March Madness pool with Opportunity Village? We're going to take the first two callers right now at 702-221-7283. Free entry. Normally 50 bucks. You get it for free. F-R-E-E. Chance to win some great staycation packages, food prizes, and a whole lot more. Just ask Numchuck. He took all the prizes from the football contest. But, yes, we're back at Opportunity Village. 
our great charitable partner serving adults with disabilities. And uh, it's, a, it's a great charity, as we well know. Been around here in Las Vegas for over 50 years. March Madness Bracket Pool, 221-7283. The area code 702-221-7283. Call now. Numchuck will take your name, your email, and get you signed up for a free entry where you can win valuable prizes for the March Madness Pool. 702-221-7283. Join us now. Our man, Mr. Matthew Holt, U.S. Integrity, the busy, busy man. We're all busy at this time of year, aren't we, Matt? But we love it. Man, I wish I wasn't so busy this time of year because I wish I could watch a few more games. But it is just going crazy as sports betting explodes across the nation. And I couldn't be any more excited for March Madness this year, T.C. My phone has been ringing with uh, friends and acquaintances throughout the country, Matt, because they're going like, I could bet now in Wisconsin. You know, I could bet here in New Jersey. I could bet you know, with Louisiana now. I, I need I need some tips with all the March Madness stuff here. So it, this is it, it's craziness. Like you said, it's just not Nevada. It's what thirty three states and growing now, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you mentioned Wisconsin, the Oneida Nation, who's the only sports book that launched up there, the official casino partner of the Green Bay Packers, a client of ours over here at U.S. Integrity, and we're so proud that they launched and and how exciting. And and look, they went so well, they're about to launch the next two books in Wisconsin. And I was there, Maddie Holt, two weeks ago. I was there, Oneida Nation Casino, one of my old stomping grounds, my old hangouts. There you go. I was there. I I saw the book in effect. I was there. There you go. Yeah. Right. Right, Right across the street from the airport there. Uh, you got to love it. So, yeah, we need a field trip there. Now, if we go back for a Packer game, Matt, does that mean if uh, if I ride with you, it could be an expense write-off? <laughs> yeah, well, maybe. maybe. Yeah, see, we're, we're, we're starting to think here. We're starting to plan it out. we got to go to a September game, Matt. We're not going to freeze, okay? So it has to be a September. Uh, I'll, I'll take care of us with tickets and everything. There it is. You just get the company jet ready to go. I will get the jet warmed up, my friend. There you go. There it is. We'll be doing the show uh, live from Lambeau Field. You got to like like that, just like uh, back in the day. All right, man. Um, go, Pat, go! Tom Brady's retirement uh, lasted uh, much less than the Major League Baseball lockout. What do you think? Yeah, a little bit squirrely, and I'm sure as maybe you saw on ESPN, and, and it's certainly come across our desk and it falls within our purview, is that there seems to be a few people who may have known this ahead of time. Yes. We saw an awful lot of significant wagering um, on the Bucks. You know, Superbook said they had somebody try to bet $10,000 on Bucks to win the Super Bowl, Bucks to win the NFC. Of course, they limited that individual to $1,000 on each. Um, but, yeah, we saw quite a few books taking some really significant action days before Tom Brady uh, announced his on retirement, and then all of a sudden, here we go. And because of all that action that got taken at odds of 50, 60, at least 25 to 1, most of these big bets, what we're seeing now is because of the liability that that caused two of many of these sports books that the Bucks are the overwhelming favorite to win the Super Bowl because just from a pure liability standpoint, because you could have got 60 to 1 a week ago, 
some of these books have some re- are going to be in a little bit of a, a I'd say a heartbreak if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win the Super Bowl next year. Mm-hmm. All right, Matt. Changing over to March Madness in the NCAA tournament, the brackets unveiled uh, last night. Uh, I, I got a vent, even though it's not Tuesday, and I'll I'll, I'll vent again tomorrow. But uh, the committee pretty much got it right, except for one colossal mistake, and that was Texas A and M. A travesty. This team went to the SEC final. They ended the season winning seven out of their last game. They had seven. They have a seven-game winning streak up until they lost yesterday to Tennessee. Now, I, do I need to remind the committee here that they're in a one of the toughest conferences, if not the toughest conference, in all of college basketball? They won eight in a row at one point in time this year. They started the season off winning eight of their first nine games. They had one bad stretch where they lost eight in a row during conference to all tough opponents, but they had a five-game win streak to start the season off. They had another eight-game win streak, and they had a seven-game win streak. What more did they need to do, and how impressive were they with knocking out all of those higher seeds Except Tennessee in the SEC tournament. Please, can can we can we get him back in the tournament? Yeah, I don't know what what's going on anymore, TC, because the NCA itself, this committee itself, a couple years ago when they built this net rating, told us that the net rating mattered, that the net rating was going to be a big point of influence in deciding with these really close teams. Because I'll admit that the last four in and the last four out were very close. And they told us that the differentiator, when it's really close like that, was going to be the net. Well, Rutgers had a net of 75. I mean, they weren't even in the top 70 in the net, and yet somehow the committee left out teams like SMU with a 32 net and Texas A&M with a 34 net. So at the end of the day, they they went against what they told us they were going to do. They said, hey, when it gets down to these tiebreakers and these really close Teams were going to use the net to heavily influence who should get in and who should get out, yet the teams with really high nets didn't make the NCAA tournaments. The teams with atrocious nets like Rutgers did, really disappointing, and it it certainly left us shaking our head. The one thing we know for sure, plenty of Big Ten fans on that committee is they got nine teams in. Probably the, the two teams everyone says didn't deserve it, Rutgers and Michigan, both coming from the Big Ten. How unusual is this, Matt? that we have nine teams from a conference and not a one or a two seed. You would think, right? You would think uh, nine teams, well, there's got to be a a one or a couple twos in there or two ones and two twos. No, you got two threes, a four, a five, two sevens, two elevens, and a 12. Yeah, and I just wonder, I mean, is this sort of the recipe if your conference is moving forward where – not having any really good teams is to your benefit. I mean, let's right. face it. Arizona's the number one seed. The Pac-12 has three teams. The you know Duke's the number two seed. The ACC has four teams. So at the end of the day, it doesn't seem like having really good teams is to your benefit anymore, despite the fact that it should be, you know, having these great teams in your conference. Instead, you know, you get these Power Five conferences where you have a bunch of, I don't want to call them mediocre, but – you know, kind of three to six seed level teams. And because of that, we're seeing a conference 
which I don't think anybody thought was was the you know at maybe third best in the, in the college basketball this year behind the Big Twelve and the SEC at, at least third best conference with nine teams in there. It's amazing. Well, what blows me away is. I'll use the Mountain West as an example. You have four teams in this mediocre conference. And yes, it's 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 up from where it's been as far as balance, okay? But do you really think and the seeds, you know, project this out. I mean, when you look at the Mountain West, you've got four teams and they're they're all uh, you know, six seed. How Colorado State got a six seed is beyond me. But Boise and San Diego State at eight seed, Wyoming a twelve seed. None of these teams have a shot at winning a game. None of them have a shot, and the seed tells you that as well. And Colorado State, to be a six, somebody made a mistake because, again, they have zero quality uh, quad one wins outside of their conference. So, yes, I'd much rather see a Texas A&M, an SMU uh, in the field instead of some of these teams. And then, you know, when you're looking at the Big East, you got six, Villanova, deservedly so, Providence had a good season, but I can't see Providence going deep. They're too helter-skelter. I like UConn, but Seton Hall, Creighton, and Marquette, they're not going anywhere. I know. It was really a crazy year. Iowa State, Matt, they're not going anywhere. Are you kidding me? Iowa State and TCU? Come on. I know, and it seems like they used to reward the teams for beating the number one team in the nation or the number two team. But we just didn't see that this year. I mean, Texas A&M went on a run. We talked about their winning streak, to your point, that included beating the number one team in the SEC, Auburn, a team that just spent six weeks atop the AP number one during the season. I mean, Colorado beat Arizona, had 22 wins, weren't even in the conversation. Uh, It just didn't seem like winning those big games mattered anymore. So if that's the case, I'd really like to know the criterion that the committee used. But at the end of the day, if you take away those last four in, last four out, it felt like they, for the most part, got it right. You could argue Tennessee was a bit underseeded. Maybe Baylor shouldn't have still been a one. But, I mean, I feel like those are knit arguments. For the most part, I think the committee did a good job. I just think it's those, you know, it's those last four or last you know, six teams in that sort of are are up for debate, but that's the case every year, I suppose. It is. I guess for me, with Texas A&M, this is a team with Buzz Williams there. They could actually win some games in the tournament if they have the right path. And usually, okay, last four in, you know, okay, they probably don't have much of a chance. But a team like A&M, they can play. They can rebound. They play with tenacity, and they're a program that is an up-and-coming program. I would much rather see them in this tournament. And again, I don't think that they'd be a courtesy in. I mean, the only reason they didn't get in because they had that eight-game losing streak. But like I said, they they had a seven-game, two seven-game winning streaks and a five-game winning streak. It just doesn't make sense because as we see, anybody that can you know go ahead and win three games in a row and get to the final of a conference that tells you they're a good basketball team. Absolutely. Uh, They certainly felt like a team with their momentum right now. And even prior to the start of the SEC tournament, entering that tournament with a lot of momentum that could have potentially made some noise. And now, unfortunately, in the NIT tournament, you know, a lot of times you have a big-time motivation drop. There was all this energy and enthusiasm uh, by that team to make the NCAA tournament, and everyone just expects, well, go win the NIT. But a lot of times the enthusiasm drops. 
And these teams are primed for upset in round one or round two of the NIT. All right, Matt, before I let you go, uh, give me a couple sleepers. Look, I think Purdue's a team that, that's kind of been falling to pieces at, at the end of the year uh, who had some losses. But when they put it all together, they are as good as anybody in the country. And they had odds of ten, you know, 8 to 10 to 1 all year. But suddenly you can get Purdue at a really reasonable price. And when we talk about Big Ten teams that could actually make a run, Illinois, to me, they won the Big Ten regular season. You can get them at 35-1 to 1 in town. They have a giant in the middle. This is an All-American. An All-American from last year who came back, almost didn't come back, was going to transfer to Kentucky and Kofi Cockburn, uh, but did end up coming back to Illinois. And they have a really talented backcourt, so they can do things that a lot of teams can't, which is defend the rim and then be able to score on anybody. So if you're looking for a sleeper, I think you could do worse than Illinois. I think it's really wide open this year. We don't have the the level of of teams that we did last year with Gonzaga and Baylor that almost ran the regular season undefeated. Those teams don't exist this year. All of the number one seeds have flaws. All of the number two seeds have flaws. The difference between the two and threes is negligible this year. I mean, Tennessee probably should have been a two. Kentucky probably should have been a three. But here we are anyway. I think this one's going to be wide open, and I think this March is truly going to be madness because last year we had a couple of really special teams, and they both made it to the finals. This year, I don't know that any team in the country meets that criteria of Baylor or Gonzaga from last season. And it is because of the transfer portal, because you have experienced teams, older teams, you've got parity, and that's exactly what I've been preaching here recently is that it is wide open. There is no clear-cut you know, number one. You can make a case for, I'd say, any of the one, two, or three seeds that have an equal opportunity to win. There's no killer out there. There's no stellar team. And again, what that transfer portal has done has really even the playing field. And I love it. I think it's going to be one of the best tournaments we've we've ever seen. I agree. Yeah. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think we're going to see a lot of great games come right down to the wire. Um, and at the end of the day, this thing is wide open. People beware. Number one seed backers beware. Fill out your brackets with caution. There you go, my friend. You get your bracket in, uh, my uh, my friend, as well, too. And let's try to make some time for you to come down to the Cosmopolitan for Hoops and Hops on Thursday and Friday, my friend. We'll be broadcasting live, as you well know. Oh, I hope I can. You know, we have a crazy week, but I'd love to make it down. What a job they do down there at the Cosmo. The Chelsea's awesome. Hopefully I can make it. All right, brother. Take care. Appreciate you, as always. All right, there is Matthew Holt. Joins us each and every Monday. Chuck Esposito, my man over at Red Rock. Chuck, he's got the props. He's got the lines. He's got it going. No better time, my friend. As I like to say, Chuck, these are the best three consecutive weeks of sports of all time every year. They're Awesome, TC. I mean, these first four days are four pro football Sundays in a row. Just the crowd, the atmosphere, the hype, the sounds from the book, they're contagious throughout the casino. I have so many guests that I haven't seen for a couple of years now who have already contacted me about getting reserved seats in the book. Um, It's just a fun time. I mean, the whole property really transforms into college basketball central. We're not only showing the games in the book, but in Rock's Lounge, the Lucky Bar, even the bowling center. You walk around property anywhere, you're going to see a college basketball tournament game. And and as I heard you guys talking about, there is a lot of parity this year. You know, five different number ones, probably about 50 to 60 teams that circled in and out of the top 
15 this year, uh, no kind of dominant team that you look at the conferences and say, I know that there's kind of a break after the top three or four teams, but uh, for me, Tennessee is playing so good right now. I was kind of stunned that they were a number three seed and not a number two seed. I agree with you. No, I like the volunteers and the way they played, especially the last couple weeks of the season, what they did in the SEC tournament. They just play lockdown defense, Chuck. I mean, they are strong and give Rick Barnes all the credit in the world for the way this team is playing. Yeah, I mean, he, he had done a great job in the past at uh, Texas, and I, I think you get him now. And, and look at the teams that they beat at home this year. I mean, they played phenomenally at home and beat some, some big schools. I thought Iowa should have been lower than a five. I had Iowa as a three and Tennessee as a two. It seemed like the decisions were already made by the committee prior to, to yesterday's uh, games. But, hey, that's what makes it fun and interesting. I mean, um, it's – you look at it right now and you say which you know bracket or which region is going to have the easiest road for a number one to get there and and it's uh, uh, you know I, I still think Gonzaga doesn't have a tough tough road but you know they need to get over the hump one of these years and prove that they can win it and cut down the nets. Chuck Esposito joins us over at Red Rock and we get ready for the madness. It starts tomorrow night. All right, so we've got games tomorrow, two games Tuesday, two games on Wednesday, and then, of course, here we go on Thursday. Chuck, uh, Rutgers and Notre Dame, that's going to be a great game. And then we've got Wyoming and Indiana as well, too. They're going to highlight the next two days. Some quick thoughts about these games. And how do you like this format where we're doing a play-in for an 11 seed and play-in for a 12 seed? I'm fine with it, TC. I mean, I love the fact that we've got – you know, two games tomorrow night, one starting at 3.40 and one starting at 6.10. And then you've got all the NIT tournament games that uh, we'll have as well. Hey, the more basketball, the, the more fun. There's such a correlation between watching the games and being able to bet on the games. And uh, I'm good with it. Again, this is a fun time for us. There's no downtime. And after last year with that Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Love getting back to that Thursday, yes. Friday, Saturday, Sunday format. Yes, yes. Six ten tomorrow night. Notre Dame and Rutgers, ACC, and the the Big uh, Ten. And both these teams, Chuck, have played pretty darn well. I could probably make the argument, maybe even uh, Notre Dame didn't end the way that they should have. But Rutgers has been a team we see. We've saw them knock off several Big Ten teams. Uh, one of these teams is going to come out of here with an eleven seed. Do you, do you think? Either one of these teams can do any damage uh, down the road. You know, I, I don't know, TC. I mean, I, I think, you know, you have a tougher road when you're at the play, one of the play-in games. You have to win that additional game, and you turn around, and, and you're playing, you know, you have one day off, and you play yeah. again. Um, Notre Dame, it's, it's basically a pick game. They're a very small favorite in this game. Um, I think it's tough. I, I really do. Yeah, it is tough. But we saw in this exact same matchup uh, last year, right, with Michigan State and UCLA, and – you know, no one really gave either either team a shot to to go the distance, and UCLA made it all the way to the Final Four. So, uh, you never know. And I think that you know the the next night, you know, we've got uh, Indiana and in Wyoming. Right, uh, Wyoming is a team that was kind of on that bubble out of the Mountain West Conference. Indiana really closed the show pretty nicely down the stretch in the Big Ten. Yeah, they they did, and they they played well in the tournament. Really, very very little movement on this game at all. We haven't seen much. The the total has uh, ticked down just a little bit. But, um, you know, I, I think you look at Wyoming this year, and I think it's a down year for the Mountain somewhat. 
Um, so it wouldn't surprise me to see uh, Indiana get a little bit more love in this game and see it start to go up just a little bit more. All right. What about uh, futures, uh, Chuck? What are you seeing? Have you seen any movement, uh, any movement on any of these teams here to cut down the nets? You know, not dramatic movement. I think they're, you're always looking for value, TC. And, yep. you know, Duke and, and UCLA and, and Arizona. Arizona being a team that wasn't even in the, you know, the top 25 um, on the future book odds before the season started. So, you know, there's a little little bit of kind of liability there. Um, UCLA, Duke, St. Bonnie's the long shot. Um, but overall, pretty good shape with, with all the teams across the board. And, you know, you'll see a little bit more action come in, but they're looking for value. And I think, you know, Tennessee, Illinois, Iowa, I think there's definitely some value on those schools. So, Chuck, when you – these games, for the most part, don't really start until Thursday – how much early action do you get once the brackets are unveiled on Sunday night? It is totally different than the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl, you got two weeks. We know people like to jump on on that like early, but how much action do you see? Uh, you know, once you know the the brackets are unveiled, uh, come four four or five o'clock, are you seeing some heavy money come in on on some of these early round games? Yeah, we, we saw action, TC. I mean, there, there were like four games that really stood out to me yesterday. Um, as soon as we posted the lines, I think we were relatively either either first or right there um, in our market to get them up on the board. And, you know, Boise plus three, Georgia State plus 25 against Gonzaga that we talked about, uh, Colgate plus eight, and San Diego State minus one and a half were all schools that we saw considerable action on early. There's still going to be a lot of play. I think right now you've got more sharp play than anything else coming in. But once the public and, and the guests get here, I think by Wednesday you really start seeing some games move up and down um, across the board in, in all three of these tournaments that are going on. All right, you got to love it. All right, very, very busy time of year. It's so exciting uh, from a betting aspect and just a watching aspect. Uh, it is so exciting. Whether you're, you're, you're not even playing the games, you're just doing brackets, this is the best three consecutive weeks of nonstop action and no better place to be in the sports book. And I know you guys do a fantastic job with all that, Chuck. So uh, go ahead and talk about the last man standing contest. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's a great opportunity. And a quick question, Chuck. I know that this gets brought up to me a lot, too. Um, if you sign up with, with the last man standing and um, s- say it, you can't have anybody else put that bet in for you, can you? It, it, like, say, I got to go out of town or something like that. What, what, what can I do in that case? Yeah, you have to put the picks in yourself um, for those games. That's, uh, um, you know, you have to come in. They're not on the app either. But it's such a great contest. And we try to put the, you know, we've extended hours. We put the contest cards out for the next day as early as possible to give every guest an opportunity to come in and, and make those selections. It's uh, 50 or $25 per entry fee. Four entries at 100 gets you the fifth entry free. Uh, so you get five entries for $100. It's winner take all. Uh, no tiebreaker anymore, so you can get in it now, not waiting for how the, the kind of brackets unfolded. And we've extended the, um, uh, the deadline. It used to be 9 a.m. on that first Thursday. It's 5 p.m. on Thursday, March 17th. So if you want to target one of the late games or you're, you can't get here early in the morning or before then, you still have up until 5 o'clock on that day. And it's such a great time to get signed up for SDN Sports. It really does bring the book to you. We love it when guests come out and enjoy everything we have to offer at all of our properties. But you can even sit in the comfort of our book use one of the kiosks or if you have the mobile app you can sign right onto the app all the props 
Um, all the regions, the futures, everything that you can see over the counter in the book is on the app. And one of the cool things is, of course, you've got the in-play aspect as well. So great opportunity to get the app and really have some fun. We know the game times are early in the morning and they run until late at night. Uh, so it's a great chance to, to get on STN Sports and make sure you get all your college basketball wagers in. We got to love it. No question about it. All right, Chuck, appreciate the time as always. We'll talk with you during the course of this tournament. Uh, good luck, my friend, and uh, stay hydrated. All right. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Should be a fun dance. Uh, looking forward to chatting with you You know, early next week and see uh, what Cinderella stories we're talking about by next Monday. You got that right, my friend. All right, Chuck. Thanks a lot. Take care. Thank you. There he is, Chuck Esposito over at Red Rock. All right, a lot of people to thank uh, today. Starts with the big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright. Uh, it was great having him here for the past uh, two weeks for the WCC tournament and then calling the Big West games with me on Sirius XM. And then, of course, talking about his Dons today. And the USF gets in the tournament. They open up against Murray State, who's won 20 in a row, the 7-10 uh, matchup uh, in the first round of the tournament. So appreciate him joining us today. Also, uh, Kevin Kruger, the head coach at UNLV, recapping the Rebels uh, season. Steve Sachs talking about Major League Baseball being back. Opening day coming up April the 7th. And then Matt Holt from U.S. Integrity. Chuck Esposito at Sunset Station talking about the gaming side, the NCAA tournament. Of course, Chuck on the other side of the glass. And, of course, you, the listener. Get over to the website at tcmartinshow.com. Check out our preview of the NCAA tournament. we got some thoughts there, some sleepers. So check all that out. And great interview up there about Timmy B with Tim Brando, our conversation from last week. Timmy's going to try to join us this week as well, too. So that's a fantastic interview. Go give that a listen at the website at tcmartinshow.com. We're back at it again tomorrow, too. Have yourself a great Monday night.